0: We have a lot of videos of the podcast and various other tutorials on YouTube. You can subscribe to our channel at mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash YouTube. Happy mixing and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to the Mixing Music Podcast. I'm your host DK, and with me, as always, is my lovely co-host Licky Lips Lou. Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. That was All right. terrifying. What we're gonna get right into it. Here's the deal: <laughs> we've been on live stream while we're recording these episodes. We we record the last one, which was about commercial versus creative mixes, and we were for 30 minutes was just like fucking around on on Twitch, messing with GTP to come with come up with. Uh, podcast topics we've done so many different things like yeah. what would a uh an east la latin gangster how would they describe oh how would they describe a compressor and the best part papi <laughs> <laughs> It was fantastic. Oh it was great. What would what an e-girl or an anime girl would use, how
1: would they would describe. There was a lot of likes in that one.
0: Yeah, in Hawaiian Pigeon. So it's just like fun. <laughs> anyway, so this podcast episode, you saw the title. It's, it's 10 creative uses of an audio compressor. So what we're doing is I asked ChatGPT, what are 10 uses? And what we're going to do is read through them and we're going to probably talk about them and expand on them. And here's the thing. The premise is we actually haven't read through this list of tens. We literally pulled it up and started recording. So we're going to describe these, and then we're going to talk about whether or not it was a great idea, it's a good idea, uh, if, if it, or if it's a bad idea. And, yeah. and in practicality, how do you practically get it to work? So here are a list of 10 creative uses of an audio compressor by, listed by AI. Number one, side chain compression. Using a compressor to duck one track when another track plays, creating a pulsing effect or adding rhythmic interest.
1: Mm, That's a, I, I do like this
0: is that is that creative as much as it used to be but i mean it's it's
1: i mean it, it depends on your approach to it i think it's both um i think it's creative in the context of dubstep and things of that nature you um, can use it
0: creative creatively
1: yeah you can use it creatively to kind of create push uh for instance the way some people would use four to the floor to just kind of fill in that space and just kind of get movement maybe it's one of those that where it's just heard not felt but sometimes you want it felt Uh, but you don't want the kick too loud in the mix so maybe you have it duck the bass a little bit and uh, you time the release of it so it has like this rhythmic return Mm. so you can use it creatively Um, i find myself more often than not using it more uh, surgically like just trying to get a specific frequency out of the way because one thing that i don't see on this list is using sidechain compression on a frequency basis
0: so here's the thing too. Um, I think more often than not, if it's audible sidechain compression, especially mm-hmm. like if it's connected with the kick drum to the bass, yeah, um, or or to uh, harmonic or melodic um, elements in the mix, that's something that's typically done by the producer before it gets to the mix engineer. Yeah. If it's very audible, it's not typically something that's done by the mix engineer. Yeah. So that's another thing too. But although I also use sidechain compression in the mixing phase. Um but I don't I use it in a way that generates headroom, but without making it audible. Yeah, which that is a very creative use that is typically not done by the mixer
1: in most use cases.: I have a weird trick question, and it's not a trick question, but like a mixing trick question. I'm curious if you do this as well because um, I got the idea from sidechain compression, but it's not a compressor using the sidechain input on Soothe on your music bus to reference your vocal bus. Mm. Finding pockets of frequency that, you know... I've heard vocals people do that, move. Sure. Yeah, vocals move in range. And uh, nowadays you're starting to see like a uh, vocal EQ where it has the dynamic uh, range on it. Uh, so the dynamic EQ function on it. But uh, its sidechain input doesn't uh, allow you for it to like track other sources into it and have it be based off of that so that is a common yeah. creative
0: use case for soothe people, yeah. people do that i don't do that uh bob horn uses that sometime with track spacer rather than soothe track so, spacer so I haven't uses tried that. waves one. factory uses track spacer. it's basically like a foss kind of thing gotcha um but you can do an input side chain and That's he'll cool. do it on like just the low end or just the mid-range or something like that yeah. um i don't typically do that although um I, this is i'm gonna be so against the grain here mm-hmm. um I've used Soothe a lot, mm-hmm. and I, I, and I've used it a lot. I've experimented a lot, and I leave it on a lot. I've, I own it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I do not like the sound of it. Oh, you got four out you of gotta, five times.
1: Yeah, you got to pull the mix knob on. No, I,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I do yeah. that, and it's just like. I typically find ways to make it sound better for what I like. Yeah. But that being said, it's, it's a fantastic tool. And I think that I'm going to try that next time. Um, I've heard people doing that. I want to do that. Maybe it'll actually be better. Yeah. The way that I typically do it is I just pull up like fab filter onto different things. And then I just see what are, if, if I need to do this, yeah. um, I kind of do, you know how it does the cross reference yeah. and it turns red on sections that are like doing it each other. I um, think like
1: my bias is just on the, I grew up listening to rock. So I'm used to like vocals being a little more in the track versus on the track. And and because of that, I like the, using the, the side chain compression for vocals versus the music so that I can keep the vocals a little more in the mix without taking too much or making it audible in the music you blending. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, that's a fantastic idea. I think that's a great creative use of that as well. Perfect yeah. for this episode. Yeah. Um, I, Neutron 2, I don't know if the new Neutrons do it, but Neutron 2 used to do this thing where just like the Fab Filter to show you like masking frequencies, frequencies yeah. but but you can link it. So if you dip one, it boosts the other oh what yeah so not like with fat filter just show you which ones are masking yeah. but it doesn't affect the other one but with neutron 2 it's like if you boosted one it dipped the other in the same exact frequency and you can see them both move in a single plugin. it's really cool you can link them I don't know if it does that that was such a great idea that I use yeah. sometimes and I haven't used it all recently anyway um, that's a great idea sidechain compression um, mm. even if it's just uh, multiband or a dynamic EQ yeah mm, yeah I use that I we use that quite often number two emulating tape saturation running audio through a compressor with a high ratio and low threshold to add warmth harmonic distortion and saturation similar to tape machines. I don't know why it specifically says tape machines.
1: Yeah. Is it because and also of the, the third high order ratio with a low threshold that that sounds like it's limiting it. I
0: mean solid state FET kind of adds third order harmonics like tape. Yeah. It's not tape but it's adds like like the, transformers uh, yeah. adds that third third order harmonic sound. I wonder if it, it... The point is, like, using saturation... I use this all the time. Like, yeah. using compression for saturation. Yeah.
1: This is why I like Verimuse, And I think I've communicated that in the past. Just because they're very, like, tube-based compression. Like, depending on the tubes, depending on the design of those. Like, how it, I guess, runs the signal through the tube. Uh, how they, like, just built it, it's like, okay, each one has its own tone and that's why I like very muse so yeah. much. Yeah. I
0: like that too. And each yeah, because of the yeah. tones as well. Yeah. You you get to the point where you probably do this too, where where we're choosing compression, not just settings, but also which compressors to use and which yeah. sounds to use based on the expected saturation tonality that's going to come out of it or yeah. if it's the hardware we're using that hardware like I use my Comp 2A specifically when I need that fatter bottom that scooped yep. upper mid-range tubey sound uh, boosted top and tubi sound versus like something like an 1176 and both yeah. in the compressor and even within the digital realm the Purple Audio MC77 sounds different from
1: the 1176 sound
0: yeah the yeah. CLA-1 versus the UAD-1 versus the yeah. different variations within the UAD world yeah. so yeah uh, so you're kind of like you can almost EQ with a compressor, which I do a lot. Like yeah. I saturate an EQ with saturation often. Yeah. Um, so that's fantastic. Number t- three, if we can move on beyond that, number yeah. three is parallel compression, mixing the dry and compressed signals to add punch and depth to a track without sacrificing dynamics. Yeah. I use parallel, not as often as Andrew Shep's.
1: I almost. But I do it all often. I'm not going to lie. I don't think I do primarily uh parallel versus regular compression but i would say that m- my mixing style leans more towards that because like if i want something to punch harder i'm i'm a big fan of using parallel like squashing the signal it sounds but, different yeah it sounds different like squashing the signal but putting like a slow attack on it so the transient bleeds through enough but it really like holds down that tail and then blending it back in so it sounds a little more like there that tail is up it's louder but there's also that little transient pop that's being added to it so instead of like putting like a transient designer directly on the track, like using parallel to actually help add transients, even though a lot of times we think of compression as something that's taming transients.
0: Yeah, I I do think that in that same in that same sense. Um, it, first off, it sounds different. Like yeah. when you when you blend in a hyper compressed or super compressed track or, or mix with a non mixed one, what you're doing is you're really just. Raising the the valleys and, and of mm-hmm. so not you're, you're not the crushing range. the transient yeah. yeah, you're minimizing the dynamic range, but not by lowering the volume of the transients. Yep. So it's a different sound. And I also want to go a step further and say it sounds different when you have a plugin that has a mixed wet knob yep. versus when you have a separate track and the dry is at a specific volume and you raise the volume of the wet signal. You're blending yep. in the wet signal to the to the dry sound. That sounds different
1: as well. Yeah. Uh, and you can take it a step further by saying you also EQ'd the parallel differently or saturated oh for sure yeah
0: uh, yeah so i do think that um when i do a mix knob what i'm doing is i like that set sa- i like that compression and saturation that's going on but it's a little bit too much right now so i'm going to back off a little bit yep. where like if i have a dry signal and then i'm blending in i s- duplicate the track i, I- I malt the track, right, or duplicate mm-hmm. the track, and I and I hyper compress that one, and I blend in the wet signal with volume. What I'm doing is adding to it, which is different. That that does sound different. So, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and I and I back off through the wet dry knob a little bit. I mean, it's just yeah. mostly a workflow thing, but
1: um, it's easier on the ears to hear like, the differences. I'll, I'll go as far as saying, like, I'll try to blend the two types, like the mix knob and the parallel send, just because, um, like. Pro Filter Pro C2 um, that one actually has the separate wet and dry output knobs mm-hmm. and you can pan them differently and all that kind of oh, stuff if cool. you wanted to um, I usually don't mess with the panning myself I haven't really found a practical use for it um, in my work but it's really nice to like really compress something and then take the dry all the way down bring it back the clean and then blend in that dry within the same mm. plugin so if you don't want to go the extra channel route or let's say you're in a version of Pro Tools, which nowadays shouldn't be the issue, um, where you've ran out of channels, then, you know, so be it. Use that plug-in. Same process, but you can continue processing down the line.
0: That's that's fantastic. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. Number yeah. four is something similar I'm reading right now. New York Compression. Blending heavily compressed and lightly compressed versions of a track to create a punchy and present sound. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's not really different. It is a form of parallel compression, but again, it's, it's specifically like a
1: technique of parallel. Yeah,
0: it's specifically the workflow of blending in that hyper compressed wet sound, bringing up the volume of is it. what we were talking about. But instead yep. of a wet dry knob, and you're like kind of blending the two in that way, it's you're bringing up the volume of the wet signal. So it's yeah. a, it's a molted or duplicated track that you're bringing up.
1: Like a good practical use of this would be like if you recorded live drums, but it was all close mic'd. You didn't have a room mic, so you kind of bust everything in to one bus and then actually hyper-compress that bus and suddenly the room bleed that it was very quiet at first now becomes a little more audible and now you have this kind of roomish mic kind of sound.
0: That's right, yeah. that's great. Number five is vocal de
1: using a pressor- oh, yeah. compressor
0: to specifically target and reduce harsh sibilant sounds in vocal performance. I think that uh, another creative use of a de mm-hmm. is not just de but like on a mix bus or just yeah. in general like on anything. I think Deesser's not specifically
1: for vocals is a great use. So I do that with the massy uh the massy mm-hmm. Deesser. Yeah. Um I think this is a little different. I don't have the massy Deesser. I might be able to get it to you. Um, well, oh, that'd be cool, yeah. But, um, fair warning, it's a mono plugin, so like you had to d- work it in dual mono when you want stereo. Oh, that'd be cool, yeah. Hey, but, but uh, also um, the TDSR. the TDSer, that one's really good, yeah, yeah. That one's free too. What I'll do with the Massey on the Master Bus is I'll just uh, because it works on a fader and two knobs basically, I'll the fader controls how much of the actual top end compression is happening, and then you have frequency and blend knob. I'll just compress the living shit out of the range that i want to with it and then i'll actually use the blend knob to actually dial oh, wow. into the de so i'll start completely dry oh i'll start completely dry and then i'll actually blend into how much de is actually happening on that mix
0: that's interesting that's actually a really great use case for that yeah um i mean at the end of the day a de is literally just a compressor a, a, like a multi-band compressor
1: that only sh- has top end band. <laughs> yeah.
0: That only has, it's like a less functional multiband compressor. Yeah. A uh, single band. Anyway, um, that's another thing too. Also using it on like acoustic guitars to get like yeah. the super top end stuff. Using it on mixes. I know mastering engineers have de often as well. Yeah. At least the old school ones did. Um, stuff like that yeah de is fantastic yeah it's just again it's just a multi-band compressor that is less functional number six drum bus compression i don't know why this is in a list of 10 creative uses drum bus compression applying compression to all of the drum tracks together to create a cohesive and punchy drum sound
1: well you know what? I how can call, you turn I'll that into that. a creative I, I think that's creative i think about it this way um When we listen to, and I'm going to use rock as the example, a lot of rock drums don't really sound like individual samples. It's a bunch of mics thrown into a room as one, and if the snare is being hit really hard on one and there's bleed into the other mic, sometimes you want to exaggerate that bleed to make the drum sound bigger than life. You know, the way that the drummer hears it. Because he hears every hit, every resonating skin and everything. But sometimes a lot of people do like a lot of gating to uh, to get the like, bleed out and everything. Sometimes you kind of want to bring that out with compression. Sometimes you want to bring out certain characteristics of a drummer's performance with compression.
0: Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. A drum bus compression or any sort of like top-down kind of bus compression is fantastic, yeah. I think. I this is controversial here. I know a lot of people specifically for like vocals. I know we're talking about drums right now, but Mm -hmm. uh, for vocals, um, when I create a lead vocal bus, Mm -hmm. which typically is like the lead vocals and the various chorus verses or whatever, I also like to add the ad libs and doubles in that because I love it when the compressor is triggered by the ad libs. Because what it does is like it makes that ad lib just kind of jump in front of the lead vocals just a touch. And I'm not doing tons of, I'm, I'm hyper compressing the ad libs in its own individual track before it goes to the bus. So it's not like jumping out
1: per word, yeah. but
0: it's rather it's like when it's there, it's it's pushing it a little bit more. And yeah. I'm not hyper compressing the bus to begin with. Like I'm, yeah. I'm doing a few dBs max. So
1: Vacation starts with VA. One thing you'll love about your trip to Virginia is that you'll never have to settle for one thing. All that you love is all in one trip. Start yours at virginia.org. Do you do like a, a Vox master? I like master? that sound.
0: Uh, all Vox, yeah, but like uh, I don't typically do much on it. I yeah. ha- I do, th- do the most on like the lead box bus, the lead, uh, the background vocals box, the harmonies box or whatever yeah. it is. However, I defi- decide to split up. Just like that. Um,
1: but there you, might be like a final EQ or something. Yeah, and
0: like, like there's times touch. there's times where like I'll leave like if we have the drum bus, but there's like one percussion thing, like a tambourine or something like that that's like, making the compression sound weird I'll like take it You'll out or take, and it, take out. it out of yeah. the bus so it doesn't like doesn't compress the signal of the rest of the drum kit
1: I'll do the same thing with my all vox if like a certain like harmony stack is starting to conflict with the way that the vox is supposed to sound in that Cause I like doing like a final compressor on it like only doing like one, maybe at max two decibels of compression because I just like the way it kind of glues Yeah, things, it kind of you know? like
0: makes a switch back and forth yeah, between the focus. but sometimes
1: like you have that harmony stack that needs to be a little bit louder, but because there's so much energy in it, it just causes the compressor to do a little more in that moment. You're like, you know what? Take this one out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And that's where like parallel does good too. Like, it, yeah. can, it can. It's kind of the in-between world. Um, anyway, that was number six, drum bust compression. I don't know why. That's not really a creative thing, but seven, pumping effect, using a compressor with a fast attack time to create a pumping effect on the entire mix. You know what? Uh, pumping effect. So that's true. Like if you hyper compress something with a very fast attack time and a slow release time, well, medium release time kind of like kind of does this weird pumping thing, which is yeah. cool. It's not side chain pumping. It's actual like,
1: it's like the kick hit and you heard just like a
0: yeah like you can really hear it like on a drum bus, exactly yeah. like a really fast attack with a medium release. You can hear it kind of the release kind of suck it back in, which is also something that when you're not trying to do this, this is a great thing to listen for because yeah. pumping is usually the main giveaway of like bad compression, yeah,
1: like when purpose, I get a song to master. Actually, this happened recently where like um, the kick was distorting and causing the mix to pump a little bit. And I sent it back to the client like, hey, um, I did a master on it anyways, but I just wanted to communicate like I couldn't tell if this was a creative decision or if this was uh, something I should be notating and telling you'd like to correct. But I heard like distortion and like a little bit of pumping in the kick. He's like, oh, no, that was intentional. I was like, OK, cool. Just making sure because I felt the need to communicate it somehow.
0: No, that's for sure true. Um, it's usually a sign of like a bad mix, but I think in that case, I'm, try- I'm trying to raise your microphone. Sorry, uh, getting off topic. Here. <laughs> I got you. But uh, um, but yeah, I think it's uh, I think that is something that you can use creatively, but is oftentimes a mistake for a lot of stuff, and it's a really dead giveaway, yeah. like on masters or like buses of any kind. Yeah. Um, which and- is
1: why I'm actually a little more fond of doing parallel compression on masters nowadays.
0: Yeah, and then uh, another thing too with the fast attack, another creative thing. I've talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Something is something like the eleven seventy six when you have a super fast attack and a fast release time with a lot of compression, it starts to distort. Yeah, and then you can use that attack knob and slow down the attack, and it turns into like a blend knob for the distortion. Yeah. so you can do less distortion by t- slowing down the attack. It's really cool, like an eleven seventy six plugin. Um, don't use the CLA stuff that has the worst uh, distortion. Um, but if you have a hyper-fast attack, hyper-fast release, the fastest attack, the fastest release, and you have all buttons in mode, and then you kind of, like, blend, like, you kind of compress a lot, it starts to distort, you slow down the attack time, it does less distortion, so you can figure it out. And it's a really cool, specific, like, mid rangey distortion, like that FET Transformers distortion thing that's really, really cool, that I like a lot. Anyway, uh, number... Eight, gating effect. Use a compressor with a fast release time and high threshold to create a gating effect on a track, creating a chopped or staccato sound.
1: Oh, yeah. I love this on drums. Uh, Basically, um, if you allow for enough of the transient to bleed through and um, you actually just kind of like have the rest of the signal held down, it almost sounds like a gate but it's really just a very, very transient way of using the compressor.
0: Hold on, hold on. I, I don't I don't, I'm, I don't, don't think I've ever used this, nor do I am I comprehending exactly what's going on? So, say that again? With a very fast release time and mm-hmm. high threshold creating a gate effect on track, creating a chopped or So, how do you use it? So,
1: it's kind of explaining it weird, but the idea is you kind of want to allow for the... because I notice it's not talking about the attack. So, it's a super slow attack time with
0: a very fast yeah. release? Yeah. Oh! So, when
1: it actually hits it, it hits it it very transiently and let's go. Oh, you know what I mean, okay, so okay, it does it, this it. effect where you have, and for those of you listening, I'm sorry, I'm using this example with my hand, but signal passes through, it immediately ducks and then it comes back. So there's that. Uh, dip. Yeah,
0: and it's got that like super transient, like that pop at the beginning, yeah, especially. That's almost like,
1: like a pre-delay timing. For the release, if that makes sense, like yeah. like a reverb that you set a lot of pre delay on, so you hear the word and then there's nothing and then reverb tail.
0: That's interesting. Yeah, it's you can especially start to hear that initial transient from like 15 to 30 milliseconds, but yeah. it especially is more apparent with like 60 to even 100 milliseconds attack yeah. time. And yeah. you, that's that's really cool. I, I've never done a super long one like that. I just use yeah. transient designer plugins to do something similar. That's yeah. just how my brain is processing it. But that's interesting. Yeah, I was that's the a great kid with way. a bad
1: drum set with a band that. Was just like, yo, yeah, how do we get this snare to hit harder? And like, I just kind of like stumbled upon using it like that. I was like, wait, so if I speed up the release, that means like everything after the compressor should come up in volume too. And suddenly we got like longer snare chains and uh, like reverb times from the room's natural acoustics were a little bit longer and like all that kind of stuff was cool. But the thing that stood out the most was how much harder that snare sounded like it was hitting.
0: Yeah, yeah. The, it, that. Use of transients, emphasizing transients, and so instead of saying gating effect, let's say like transient, enhancing transients, yeah, yeah, shaping transients rather than gating. Yeah, I think that's that's really useful. Which is really funny. Oh my gosh, brings us to number nine.
1: nine. Emphasizing (laughs) transients using a compressor with a fast attack time fast attack time to emphasize the transient peaks of a track making them stand out more wouldn't you technically yeah, make slow. the slow yeah. attack
0: okay this is where chat GPT is getting a little bit wonky
1: yeah see the gating effect wasn't explained fully right because you could also Eight, slow down because uh on the gating effect if you slow the release time that means you let enough of that transient bleed through and it held down the rest of the signal just like a gate would but emphasizing transients, we understand what you meant, Chappy GBT, In Spirit, you, you you were there.
0: And lastly, number 10, before we get to number 10, I want to say that this podcast is sponsored by our own podcast. What? If you like this podcast and you want more technical tips just like this, go to com slash exclusive to get access to the exclusive episodes. For only $4 a month or $40 a year, you get access to two extra episodes every single week hosted by me and Braden Flint, uh, where. We we talk about technical techniques uh, to, emphasis, to better your songwriting, producing, mixing and mastering. We go all over the board and we actually reference and, and play clips from other professionals. So it's fantastic from direct from the source of actual award-winning um, uh, producers, engineers,, et cetera. So go check that out mixmusicpodcast.com/exclusive. It's also the first link in the description of the episode and of the podcast. All right, uh, number 10 is taming harsh frequencies. Using a compressor with a sidechain EQ to target and reduce harsh frequencies in a track, making it sound smoother and more pleasant to the ear. Now, only a few compressors do this. This is not sidechaining and um, kind of returning an. In- uh Ascend from a different track, but what you 're doing is the side chain so when a signal goes into the compressor, sometimes it splits up well it always splits up the the, the audio right yeah. so there so it goes from the regular audio going in and duplicates the the audio into a side chain um detection circuit versus the actual compressed circuit, and what the audio side chain circuit does is if you high pass filter that that 's where Um, the the low end is still being compressed and it's still passing through the device but the side chain or the detection circuit is not seeing the low end so the low end is not triggering the compressor on the main compression circuit. So that was a little bit confusing but you could do the same thing so instead of just uh, um, high passing the low end what you can do is you can also um, boost the top end or boost the mid range Mm -hmm. Of the side chain frequency, so that way the compressor reacts more quickly and more often to the stuff in the middle. Yeah. So it kind of like does this whole EQ thing, but with a compressor.
1: And a good uh, visual example is uh, if you don't have FabFilter now, just so you know, they have free trials and they're pretty long trials. But in advanced mode, you can actually see uh, the frequency uh, spectrum that it's actually detecting. And you can actually tell it to focus on one or the other. So you have a visual aid on what it is you're actually doing but a really good example of this is like s's right like if you were to boost uh, the s on the compressor let's say you didn't like the sound of DSers specifically you just wanted to make sure like hey every time the s hits i want general compression I, d- I don't necessarily want the s to be the only thing that goes down i don't like the sound of it this is a really good tool for that you know, because now you're saying, okay, every time an S is too strong and you boost that in the sidechain, then great, you have your even compression versus a frequency dependent compression. There you go. Yeah. So
0: that's our 10 tips from ChatGPT of how to use compression effect uh, creatively. Yeah. And there's probably a bunch of other ways as well. Let's applaud ChatGPT. Yeah. uh, If you have other ways of creatively using a compressor, um, please type it in the comments below if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel, uh, mixingmusicpodcast.com slash YouTube. I think that's what it is. mixingmusicpodcast.com slash YouTube. I think that's the fastest way to get there. It'll be on a channel called DK Mixes. It's my channel there. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fantastic. You can see what we look like. You can judge our appearances. Also, Home Studio Heroes um, uploads there as well. Uh, And uh, leave a comment. Yes, and we have listeners right now on the Twitch stream, because we're also live streaming on Twitch every Monday morning Mm -hmm. when we record these episodes, uh, that... Yusufina says that they have subscribed so thank you for so much for subscribing on YouTube anyway thank you so much for listening happy mixing my friends and stay saucy